joining Analytics Today, a podcast series that focuses on big data and analytics and latest trends in the digital world. I'm your co-host, Dr. Jeremy Roberts, and with me always is Samir Khan. Hey, Samir, how you doing? Hey, how's it going, Jeremy? Super fantastic. Um, you know, it's one of those things to where, you know, we're starting to look at all the different topics that we're getting into, and we're starting to get inspired by all these, you know, new trends and new things in the world. And one of the big trends is that's still big was Gen AI. And I know in our last podcast, we talked about, you know, how CIOs should look to adopt Gen AI. And that was a, that was a really cool right. topic. So actually what's for our, for our listeners, what we're going to do is there's a, so Samir actually is an author on medium. So if you go to medium.com, you can look up Samir Khan and follow him. You know, he, outputs a lot of great content on there. And we're going to be referencing one of his articles today. And so today's podcast topic is five reasons B2B marketing managers should be selective with Gen AI. And so out of the blue, you know, it's not something that Samir just says, I'm going to use my magical brain and just all of a sudden come up with things. We, we, we use research to be able to find the things that we find. So one of the things that Samir found, and I'll let him get into it after this is, you know, he found that TechCrunch said that 70% of businesses plan to increase their AI spend or artificial intelligence spend in the next fiscal year, and a large majority will be spent in sales and marketing. Uh, before we continue, Jeremy, and I want to talk about uh, the challenge today sales is facing for the large part, uh, particularly B2B sales. Uh, there's been a phenomenal growth in sales platforms and technologies that are available and what's causing is not only for an entry-level salesperson, but also for a more senior salesperson, it's a very complex environment. And it's overwhelming the sales organization. And this is leading to missed opportunities and subpar performance because they're trying to figure out how do we make sure that all the tools are working in syncs, the data is connected, uh, the flow from the lead all the way to opportunity is all connected, and plus the influx of all these AI platforms. Uh, we have used a tool that has successfully worked for us in a B2B environment in many different organizations. Uh, Apollo AI is the platform that not only comes with a strong uh, outreach platform, but it also includes 250 million contacts. And these contacts are infused with a whole bunch of indicators, sales data, and signals. So this not only streamlines the sales operations, but it also improves the overall efficiencies Companies like Census, they have seen a significant reduction uh, from a cost standpoint because they have consolidated their stack. Uh, their businesses like Rippling, Deal, and Divi, they have also transformed their sales using Apollo. And if you're ready to try Apollo, uh, there is a free trial available. You can go to our URL, tinyurl.com forward slash sales GPT. Again, it's tinyurl.com forward slash sales GPT. And you can try out Apollo's AI features for free. Over to you, Jeremy. I wholeheartedly agree with that. We actually referenced that in our last podcast, right? And then on the flip side, he says that 90% admit to struggling with tool integration and achieving ROI. And that's the premise of today's show. So if you want to elaborate mm -hmm. more on that, Samir. I mean, this is a great topic. Yeah, no, that's very well said. Uh, you know, you articulated pretty good, Jeremy. I think what's happening is we all know that there is going to be a higher investment in AI and it's kind of the big yeah. buzzword of this year. And subsequently, uh, I was reading an article this morning. It was saying that uh, Tesla plans to invest $10 billion on their up. Uh, what, is, with what, a B. Is, what is that? He said a $10 billion with a B. 
with a B. 10 billion yeah. with a B, yeah, with their yeah. Uh, with the latest <laughs> Gen, now I think it's Gen 2, that they're planning to have a Gen 3 version available and eventually wow. rolling out next year. So similarly, in the sales and marketing space, there has been a significant investment in uh, Gen AI and AI technologies to augment sales and marketing and also to yes. boost uh, all the efforts. So every business is going to invest in some shape or form, especially large and medium businesses in AI, even smaller businesses. Now they have accessibility to the tools like chat GPT and others. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And to reference back what I said uh, at the opening of the show today, and then what we talked about in our last episode was we talked about how 70% of that are going to you know, increase, but a majority will be spent. I would say around 80% or so will be spent in the sales and marketing. So, what we're saying is we're not just giving money to sales and marketing. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about Gen AI tools that build efficiencies and automation and all those activities within the sales and marketing. Because what we want to do is we understand that those are, you know, those are high, um, high spend centers. They cost a lot of money to build out a sales team. You spend a ton of money in marketing. And so because of that, you want to be able to find the most efficiencies possible and build out, you know, your AI technologies within those. Um, we referenced that in our in our last podcast too, you know, and we also remember we talked about efficiency centers, right? And so we talked about those efficiency centers to where, yeah, what is the other 20%? Well, those are maybe systems within IT or within internal wikis and so on. But with, you know, what we're going to be spoke, speaking about today is, you know, B2B marketing managers. And so we, I want to make sure everybody's aware. Remember, we talked to everybody. Yeah, marketing B2B leaders, marketing, marketing managers. Leaders. Yes. And these are B2B, which means business to business. You're not selling straight to a consumer. It could be B2B to C, which means you're selling a product that eventually ends up in the consumer's door, right? Or in their computer or mm -hmm. so on. But we're really talking about B2B. So we get this straight, right? So. Yeah, okay. that's, that's a fair point. Fun times, <laughs> right? Okay, so um, to, to premise this as we get into the five, Samir states that as that leader, you need to align your tools with your strategic goals and value that you can extract from AI. So Samir, this is something a little bit off the topic on these five topics, but I want to make sure they understand you have a key point in here where you say you need to align your strategic goals with the value that you can extract from AI. So it's currently beginning of the new year, right? Everybody was doing their strategic goals and plans over in the fall to hopefully push out of the new year. What is the importance that people should take by, instead of saying, hey, I, I met with my leadership team and my management team, and we built out this strategic plan for the new year. Well, it's not just that. You can't, what they do is they isolate that with also doing an audit of their technology stack, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's important to say, I have to have the right technologies to match the strategic plans that I have, right? And so when you talk about here, you need to align your tools with your strategic goals, right? And swap out the word goals with plan. You have to align your tools, your AI tools or your technology tools with your strategic plan. So give us an example of that. So when, when you're talking to a B2B marketing manager, and they're thinking, you know what, I did this, built this great plan and I have all these new KPIs that we're going to give to our marketing guys. And it's broken down based on each team from, you know, SEO to analytics to the demand gen and all this other stuff. 
what should the team also be doing when they audit their technology stack? I think it's important for people to understand that. Yeah, that's a very important question. And um, and when when we think about that for a second, right? So today, uh, and we go back all the way to the early days of the marketing technology evolution and sales technology yeah. evolution, like back in 2007, 2008, when this started happening, uh, marketers have come a long way. There are thousands of tools available. And to augment that, we have collected a lot of junk, right? So there is a technical debt, (laughs) technical graveyard, whatever you want to call it in marketing and sales. And there was a study done. I don't recall exactly who did the study, but they did the study and they said on average out of 100 tools, only 30% are being utilized completely. And the rest are just sitting there eating dirt. So today, well, not today, but last year, it was in the chat GPT was the big buzz and it was launched in November and fall of 2022. It created a new era of tools where this time, instead of just tools there, not only we were creating new tools that are based off of chat GPT, open AI's API, but they're also based off of the GPTs. Now we have a GPT mm-hmm. marketplace where you can go and create your own GPT and that they're calling it agent. They're calling it GPTs. They're calling it virtual employees. Yep. whatever we want to call it. But there is going to be this next evolution of hundreds of thousands of tools that are going to be available to marketing. How do you manage this effectively? How do you put some governance in your organization so whenever the business is creating or technology, IT is creating new tools or technologies that aligns to your strategic value? So you're mm-hmm. not just creating another pile of junk that is not yeah. going to serve the purpose. So making sure that there is an alignment of the tool with your overarching goals that your marketing organization has set up. Like if you have a CMO leadership, then whatever that goal that CMO has set up, which is in alignment to the company goals, and it trickles back to the VPs, directors, and so on and so forth of the marketing. So that alignment is going to be yeah. critical. So I think one thing to note is like, imagine you're building that strategic plan, right? You either have it in a Word doc or a PowerPoint or whatever, and you notate, we're going to be doing this. We're going to be sending out... You know, we want to increase our touch points throughout the funnel. And in that, we want to send out X number of emails and so on. Here's a note. In the side of that, highlight the tool that you're going to use, right? Mm -hmm. Actually go in there and highlight the tool. And there's a reason for this. I just thought about this is it reminds the, the leadership team that, oh, my God, we really need that tool. So please don't cut my budget and please don't get rid of this tool because I need this to power this. Right. Right. So a lot of times leadership will say, yes, you need more touches. You need to go out and do all this. Well, you have to have this tool in order to make that happen. So but it also forces you to do an audit. So as you go through your entire strategic plan, try to align all the tools within that strategic plan together. So that way there's a match. I'm not saying it has to be one to one. Yeah. You know what I mean? Make sure there's a match because you may go through and say, um, and, and I joke about this all the time when I used to meet with clients is like, yeah, we want to do real time personalization. Okay. What kind of personalization do you do now? Well, not really that much. Is it real time? No. Um, it's really batched. It's end of the day batching, right? It's, um, you know, it's delayed a day and it's like, do you, do you have a good way to manage your content, your assets and your data? Do you do even AB testing or iterative testing? Well, if you don't do any of those things, how do you build out a personalization engine? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
So it, it yeah, forces exactly. you to like have this aha moment to say, I want to do all these cool things, but you know what? I crap. I don't even have the tool to be able to do that. So kind of a big deal. So yeah, no, that's I fantastic. I think that's very yeah. well called out. So that actually we covered the topic one, which is, you know, five yeah. reasons. The first reason was to ensure every sure. tool serves a purpose, uh, yes. which I think we covered a lot of ground on that one. So maybe we should move on to the second reason why for sure. uh, B2B managers sure. should be selective about Gen AI. Yeah. So the second one really is invest wisely in focusing on ROI. Now, if you look at the term ROI, I'm going to nerd out here. It's what is the basic, most generic formula for ROI? It's revenue minus cost over cost. That's it. That's <laughs> right. Revenue Perfect. minus cost yeah. over cost. Yeah. If you're looking at that, I'm not saying for every single tool you have, go in there and run a revenue minus cost over cost formula for everything that you do. But yes, you have to have an ROI in it. And ROI doesn't always have to be attributed, right, direct revenue, but it could be indirect attributed revenue. You know what I mean? And that's another thing mm -hmm, that you have mm -hmm. to focus on too, because for me, and we'll get into the details of it, and I'll, I'm going to go off on my tangent, and then I'll have Samir actually go into the details of this part of the article. But um, what I, 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 I want to make sure everybody understands, when we say focus on ROI, we're not those crazy people that says every single channel that you use, every single effort that you have must have a directly attributed ROI as a last touch attribution or something. And if it doesn't have that, that you need to cut it. Don't do that. If you do that, you're basically waiting for disaster to happen and you're killing your funnel. Remember, ROI doesn't have to be your direct attributed revenue. It can be indirect within the funnel. It could be that middle of the funnel brand, um, you know, that, that brand uh, awareness campaign that has uh, these basic impressions. But really, without that, nobody can get to the next step. So make sure that your ROI, right, even if you're doing that ROI, that revenue minus cost over cost, it doesn't always have to be that direct attribution. It can be an indirect attribution because attribution is key. So, Samir, I'm off. Yeah, my and, and that's so, a yeah. fantastic topic because, you know, aligning with that, um, in my mind, when I think about it, as I was uh, alluding to the GPTs that are available today with OpenAI Marketplace, uh, anyone can do that. All it needs is you have to create yeah. a plus account and $20 a month. And you can roll out hundreds of thousands of G GPTs for your organization. Now, it's yeah. a different story that you want to integrate those GPTs to your tools and services, which is something we're going to talk later in the integration section. But going back to your point about ROI, there, people could say, oh, well, you know, it just cost me $20 a month. I can go create as many tools I want. Yeah. But what you're missing out is you need to focus on the cost of having these tools in isolation. So as you were alluding to the indirect ROI, so there may not be a direct application of like, hey, I'm not spending thousands of dollars to buy a new technology, but think about having these tools set up in its isolation and the cost of getting it integrated to your ecosystem is yes. the our impact on your ROI. So don't just think about like, in, in silo, like, hey, I'm going and creating, doing this stuff on my chat GPT and creating custom GPTs. Think about the broader implication of the ROI uh, in, in the sense of the indirect impact. Yeah, and that could also be the cost of hiring, the cost of training. It could yeah. be the implementation. It's a whole bunch of things. So like I said, don't get super focused on 
the ROI. Think of it like focus on the ROI, but don't make it be something that that causes you to freeze, right? Because you exactly. can over. I mean, dude, there's some people. I and you and I have been in this world before. There are some people that did an ROI calculation for us as business analysts, and I'm like, come on, dude, you're putting in like people's salaries. And you're putting in all these different things and you're trying to find all this crazy information like over time. And it's, you know, it's like, it's too much. It's too, too yeah. much. Build a parameter around what you mean by ROI and stick with the same exact formula forever. Right. Just don't, Very you well can't said. change yep. it. Yeah. You can't change your formula. Okay. So the, we'll make sure we uh, talk. The first one again was number one was ensure every tool serves a purpose. Right. So we first talked about, Everything has to have a purpose. Then we talked about, okay, now you're going to invest. Now that you've figured out something as a purpose, you're going to invest wisely. You're going to focus on ROI. And Samir talked about don't get carried away with any shiny stuff. You know, this the, it's tempting, right? The, but there's a catch, more money and more time. Um, and then Samir talks about you need to prioritize your tools uh, with proven ROI. You need to start with trials and demos, which is great. And you got to regularly review those performance, right? We don't ever plug something in and walk away. That's scary. Don't ever do that, right? No. Build yourself a cadence. That cadence could be monthly. It could be quarterly. could be whatever you want. Just make sure you're reviewing the performance because what you always have to do is reset your baseline. I recommend every quarter to reset your baseline, right? Because there's seasonality. Or maybe you have seasonal baselines based on the trends for your business model or so on. Okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So number three, integration is key for adoption. So this, this is a big one. When we talk about integration, there's a lot of different integrations and I'll have Samir explain this, but um, integration is one of those power words. It's like personalization. It could mean a thousand different things to a thousand different people. So Samir, what do we mean by integration is key for adoption? Yeah, and uh, as we were alluding into the number two reason, the integration here, we're talking about all the different tools that we have today. An average marketing department has 30 plus tools, not even yeah. counting the GPTs, the custom GPTs and all of that. And then on top of that, you add all the GPTs, it just becomes a big giant mess of tools that you don't have any control on. What you want these tools to do is from a data standpoint, so think from data. You need the data to flow from one tool to the other, eventually getting to your data warehouse and the right reports and dashboards so you have tabs on everything that's going on with your customers and your, your prospects mm -hmm. and leads. So that's the reason why we are emphasizing on having this strong integration between your tools. A tool without integration is tool not used or not worth it, right? So yeah. you need to have that level of integration between the tools. So your social media tool needs to be connected to your prospecting tool, needs to be connected to your email tool, needs to be connected to your CRM. We talked about this in the last show too. Remember that? The total yeah, exactly. experience. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. When you're setting up the overarching yeah. CIO level yeah. uh, investments in uh, AI, then those are the same consideration that you have at the CMO level. Exactly. So here's one thing. Just, you know, when Samir says the average organization is around 30, where did he get that number? Funny enough, Samir and I used to work together at a very, very large three-letter acronym uh, tech company, and there was a Forrester research that came out and said, what is the average number of tools that somebody uses um, you know, on a daily basis in their, in their marketing organization? And it was around like 30, it was, I think it was like 35 was the exact number. Yeah. 
but it's like 30 plus, right? So 35. And if you think about it, when you start looking at KPIs and all that stuff, that's 100. And if you look at three average KPIs per each, that's 105 KPIs that you're looking at separately. Mm-hmm. So if you integrate them together and use an integrated dashboard for your analysis and your data, it makes life easier when you have 30 different tools rather than you know, looking at 105 KPIs, rather you're looking at a dashboard that gives you the, the waterfall model or the flow between all the different ones. But that, that integration is key. And we talked about in the last one too, is that you can't just build something in isolation. And, and here's a trick for, for if you work for a marketing department and you get a new tool, do you know how you save that tool from ever getting cut? Integrate it with other stuff. That's the trick. Exactly. Wink, wink. Yeah. Um, it's like, Jeremy save your budget told, by integration. Tell, told you a secret. Yeah. Here. Yeah. Save your budget. <laughs> save your tool by integrating that tool into the most necessary tools. Right? Everybody yep. uses Salesforce. Exactly. I hate to say it. Integrated into Salesforce. If right, they're not going to cut Salesforce, they're not going to cut your CRM. So integrate it into the CRM. It never gets cut. Right? Yeah. So exactly. Don't don't ever if if you build something that does that lives in isolation, you might as well start you know, you might as well start forgetting about it in six months, because it's going to be gone. And so let me let me make sure that uh, I highlight the the three uh, the bullet points that Samir has on there. So he said the average marketing organization has thirty plus tools. He's talking about social media, email marketing, content management, online payment digital document storage, website management, image creation, and so on. So those are the types of tools that we're talking about. And then the three things he talks about here in this article is like focusing on your integration strategy before you add more AI tools. He says, choose tools with compatible APIs. This is basic documentation that you can find, or this is where you just call up the customer service center if they even have one, or if it's a it's a chat form, just ask them, Right. Second one, he says, is test integration capabilities during the trial phase. Yes. And we talked about in the last podcast, too. And the third thing he says is seek solutions that enhance your current stack. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. If your current say we just talked about that, too, with the Salesforce, if you have a tool that integrates with that, I mean, I mean, it, what's what's a great example? Salesforce CRM, you want to add in a marketing automation tool. Marketo's amazing. Right. And then what's your favorite tool that you use for, um, you know, to do, uh, uh, what's that called? Attribution analysis that, that Salesforce bought, right? Visible. Visible. So, yeah. Yeah. And so with that. Yeah, Adobe I mean, bought. Yeah. Yeah. The Adobe bought. Right. But I mean, it's like Marketo bought them and then Adobe bought them and so on. Yeah. But then Adobe acquired like, Marketo. Correct. Yeah. Exactly. So if you have Salesforce, Marketo connected to that and then Visible connected to Marketo connecting to Salesforce, that ain't going anywhere. No, no, they'd be dumb to cut it. So, right, that that's a trick. Take our advice. <laughs> Number four, your tools should grow with you. Okay, this is a big thing. So we talk about tools that can scale. Yes, and I'll have Samir go into the detail, but let me give you the semantic first. There are tools that can only grow with you depending on your traffic. Let's say everybody's starting a basic website. Don't go and buy the most hardcore website analytics tool out there. You're not going to afford $150,000 to $150,000 worth of Adobe Analytics for your basic site. It's not going to work, right? Get Google Analytics free. Start with that, right? 
have something that can grow. Yes, you can get into 360 and you can get all this other stuff, right? But make sure your tools can grow with you. So Samir, if you want to explain that. Yeah, when I think about the growth, uh, most people, they start whenever they operate a marketing department or sales department, they start acquiring a bunch of tools and it's, you know, shiny object that you're trying to acquire. Um, and when I break it down in terms of the growth or just the types of the businesses that are there, there are sort of three types of businesses that we all know, right? They're, they're growing, they're stagnant, they're not growing, they're flat, and they're decelerating. And technically, yeah. the stagnant business are also decelerating. If you're not growing, then you're decelerating. So then when you apply uh, the business growth rate, and my, uh, my thought process is look at your current marketing investment. And I've come up with the methodology. Again, this is not like, you know, something that uh, is very complex. It's very simple. So I recommend a simple breakdown of 30, 30, 30, 10 for a marketing mm -hmm. department. What that is, is invest 30% in your technology, 30% in integration, and 30% in your staff development resourcing includes hiring, and then 10% on administrative stuff like you want to have any kind of uh, accessibility needs for your staff or you want to have any office material for your staff. So that's the breakdown that I recommend is instead of going too fast and investing more heavily in your marketing department. So generally speaking, from the large part, uh, we did a study a while back ago. In general, your marketing spend overall should be 30% of your overall revenue. Right. And within that 30 yep. percent, the split is 30, 30, 30, 10 between your technology integration staff and administration. So let's use basic numbers. Right. If you got one hundred thousand dollars, that's thirty thousand from that from that thirty thousand. You know, we're not saying ten thousand each. It's roughly like nine thousand. So like nine thousand, nine thousand, nine thousand. And then that's twenty seven. So three thousand left. Right. Would go for your administrative. That would be your admin stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, but no, spend no yeah. more than 9000 So if your revenue, like you example that you gave, yeah. if your revenue is 100000 for the company, you should not spend more than 9000 on your tools. Yeah. In, in, in general. Like it may vary yeah. company by company and depending on the size and all of that. Um, but, but that's the idea. Uh, and when I say tools, that includes for the large part – your IT operations as well, right? And not just marketing tool, because obviously if you're a $100 million organization, you could spend $9 million in tools, but that should include a large part of uh, IT integration services as well. So it scales right, depending on the size of the company. Yep. And then uh, the key point that he, he ends with in this article, Samir says that scalability, right? All This is all about scalability. Scalability ensures longevity and adaptability. Because we all know longevity is key, right? You need something that's just not going to. And this is and, and this is me back in my day of trying to sell CMS platforms, right? You want something that can grow with you. You want a CMS tool that doesn't just kind of meet your needs for today, and then it's going to cost you millions of dollars to, you know, to actually update. It doesn't grow with you because it's stagnant. Don't do that. Like, don't just don't do that. Right? Okay. So number five, the last part of this is. The best tool is the one your team will use. It almost sounds like a fortune cookie, <laughs> you know, like the <laughs> like the the thing of the fortune cookie. Like the best tool is the one your team will use. It's like a no duh moment, right? So <laughs> yeah. So it, it's one of, you want to explain that because I think for me I'll go off on some hilarious tangent at first, 
around fortune cookies. No, but, I mean, um, you're, you're on the right yeah. path, right? So if you think yeah. about it, the best tool your team will use, <laughs> the idea here is to make sure that you are uh, updating the skill set of your staff. And you need to invest in the learning and development and growth of your teams. While you're doing the um, development of new technology, if you're not upskilling your organization, if you're not training them, that are you going to be left out and the tool will not be used. Earlier, we were talking about a large majority of the tool in marketing organizations are not being used because the mm -hmm. staff is not skilled enough or maybe the staff was and then you had some turnover and the new staff came in and they're not skilled. So the 30% of the budget that I was talking about earlier, you need to invest in staff development and training and growth. Uh, so that's kind of the essence is don't, just have new shiny tools that nobody knows how to use. Exactly. So let me elaborate. We, we actually highlighted this key exact point in the prior podcast around the CTO, right? Make sure that you invest in your people and their training and learning. Here's the thing. There's going to be some people that it could take a day and they pick it up quick. Some people teach themselves. Some people may, may need to take a few sessions. What I like to do, and I did this in the past um, in my organization was – we had training day, right? Obviously, this is not the movie training day because that was a cool movie. But the training day, like one time a month, take a half of a day on a Friday or something, bring in some tacos or pizza or whatever you want, bring in some food, and you do training. But everybody's in, the, in there together. If you're the manager, you sit your butt in there too. You don't just say, mm -hmm. hey, you guys go learn this. I'm going to go and hang out. No. You sit in there, you show them that you're interested in learning too, and everybody trains, everybody's caught up, everybody teaches themselves, but teaches each other. And by doing this, you build a model of collaboration. And building that model of collaboration with your team teaches them to better communicate when they have issues. The last thing every manager hates is when you have an employee that's trying to figure something out and they're scared to ask you a question right? Or they're scared to ask somebody a question because they're going to feel diminished or they're going to exactly. feel like less than somebody else. No, S kill that, kill that idea. Make sure that they, that when you're all training, open form, everybody asks questions, everybody gets help. Everybody's in the same playing field. Yes. Some may learn it faster than others, but make sure that everybody comes up the same by doing this, you're building the proper culture. So right there, make sure that your team can, can learn as you learn. And it's all about the culture for that. One. So, yeah, that's great. Very well said. Very cool. So, okay. So real fast, a quick summary before we end this today. So those five reasons B2B marketing managers should be selective with Gen AI. First, we said, ensure every tool serves a purpose. Invest wisely, focusing on ROI. Integration is key for adoption. Your tool should grow with you. And the best tool is the one your team will use, right? And you can find that and we'll, we'll put a reference um, to Samir's uh, article in medium.com. another topic that's coming up on the topic of AI. So keep listening and uh, keep providing your feedback or, Definitely, uh, as you start to see, we're talking about broader topics these days, not just data and analytics, because we want to make sure that we are uh, including the buzz that is out in the market and ma making sure that it's not the buzz, they're an operating model 
that you mm-hmm. can use and we're providing you that operating model and how to implement AI in the organization. And we're evolving with the industry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very cool. All right. Thanks guys. And like I said, always feel free to reach out with uh, guest suggestions or topic suggestions and so on. And just so you know, I checked the calendar. Let me tell you this one last thing before we go. Um, let me check again when we started this. And I was just really proud. I was like, oh my gosh, Samir, we, how long have we been doing this? Hold on. Hold on. Like wait for it. Eight years, nine years. Oh, oh my God, dude. Okay. We started this in September of 2015. We've been doing this for eight years and six months. For eight years. Wow. Crazy. That's great. So, we should do really some, proud some of... like big celebration for know. our 10th anniversary. Well, it's going to be big. Yeah. Well, in a few years, we'll yeah. do it on the top of a mountain or something crazy. I'm riding on lions. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <On elephants. laughs> Very cool. Well, thanks again, guys, and um, have a great day. And hopefully, this was, uh, you know, helpful for you guys. You learned something, and we'll see you guys soon. Thanks. See ya. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.